Each and every week we gather to bask in its glow. Information, picture, and sound beamed through the night skies. Destination, our living rooms. As the screen sparks to life, the outside world dims, transporting us for 60 minutes into parallel dimensions. This is the modern campfire, where legends are born and sagas unfold. Where some find only entertainment, we find religion. And now you've found us. And so we invite you too to join us as part of the Cult of the Cathode Ray. And welcome back to Cult of the Cathode Ray Season 2. We finally made it to the kind of bulk of Season 2 here. We've done a couple of episodes leading up to this, but we're finally back with the second season of The Walking Dead. So tonight we're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 1, What Lies Ahead. A couple episode stats here. This episode first aired on October 16th, 2011 to a viewership of 7.26 million viewers. This was a record at the time for The Walking Dead. This is the most viewers any episode had on its initial airing. So it's going to be very exciting to talk about this one. See what got so many people excited in 2011 to watch this episode. I am Zachary Edgerton, and as always, I am joined by my favorite co-host in the world, Renee, please introduce yourself and uh, say hi to the folks. Hello, folks. My name is Renee Sinabin, and boy, I I can't believe we've made it this far. I really thought we would have been taken down by zombies at this point. Well, it's because we're smarter than everyone else, I think. That's a good point. Yeah, point. we're smart. We're physically fit. I'm just kidding. I'm not physically fit, <laughs> but uh, we're smart. We're better <laughs> at pushing I, people over. We're, yeah, we're better at pushing people over <laughs> and, uh, you know, hobbling people to leave behind for the horde. So that's <laughs> yeah. why we're still alive. So let's talk a little. Let's get into this episode. Let's talk a little bit about the creative forces behind this one. This episode was written by Ardeth Bay, who I couldn't find anything else about. I don't know. I don't think they've ever written anything else, so I thought it was kind of weird. I'm just kidding. It's actually this actually former showrunner, uh, former and now fired showrunner Frank Darabont. Which there's a whole story behind that. And if you haven't listened to our last little mini episode that we did, we released it just a few days ago. Go back and listen because there's we kind of break down why he was fired and what happened afterwards. But he did take his name off of this. I'm assuming because he. I'm guessing it was like a guild thing, maybe. Uh, Renee, you were asking about this on the other episode. I'm guessing it's because he had to be credited. It's like when directors will sometimes do like a pseudonym because they don't want their name on it, but obviously they have to be credited as something. So that's my guess, at least. Interesting. That's I guess I, I'm assuming that's why. And of course, Art of Bay is the uh, you know the character I guess like the the reincarnation of the mummy from the original mummy film. So. Oh, thank you. I was going to ask about that. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of an interesting, uh, you know, I guess uh, kind of a kind of a zombie type thing there. Yeah, but it's uh, a great name. Yeah, yeah, it is. Darabont, yeah. obviously a, a fan of classic horror as well. So, yeah. So okay. uh, this this episode was written by Darabont and Robert Kirkman, who probably know as the co-creator of the Walking Dead comic, and he also wrote my favorite episode of last season, uh, episode four of Vatos. I'm just kidding. I hate that episode. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we ripped Kirkman a new one on that episode, and I, I I guess we're gonna find out whether he's redeemed himself with this one. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. So behind the camera, directing this episode were Gwyneth Horder Peyton, who had directed a 
previous episode, uh, which is episode three, Tell It to the Frogs, season one, and Ernest Dickerson, who had directed episode five, Wildfire. Now, we, we talked a little bit in our former episode about Darabont having to basically rescue this episode from certain doom because apparently they had been shooting it when he he was fired and the one the director had uh, i think the the quote was had basically turned in unusable footage and so he actually had to like scramble and figure out how to like reshoot some stuff and edit it so it all made sense so now i i kind of think i know who was who was actually responsible for that mm-hmm. and i don't want to yeah i don't want to i don't want to cast aspersions on anyone i don't want to I, you know, I don't. I don't well, want to do. blame. Okay, well, you. <laughs> well, well, then you name names. You tell us who you think it was. Uh, no. Was it Joel Stillerman? <laughs> uh, it was not Joel Stillerman. Although okay. I think we can blame him for a lot of things that are wrong with this show. But uh, no, it was actually. So let me just put it this way. I think the I think the director is credited on this episode still. And let me just let me just say that between Gwyneth Horder Payton and Ernest Dickerson, one of these directors. Uh, would go on to direct additional episodes of the series, and one of them would not. And uh, yeah, I'm not gonna. Let me just put it this way: I'm not gonna name names, but it was not Ernest Dickerson. So he, Ernest Dickerson, went on to direct multiple episodes of the show. So that's all I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna claim that I know exactly who was was basically responsible for this episode almost being a disaster. But uh, there you go. Yeah, and the only the only reason I say that also is because they one of the things I read did mention that the the director the the reason I don't think they just had like a director that then they didn't credit which I don't think they could do anyways but they did mention that the director was a director that had directed something during season one so it does oh. it's, I think it's definitely one of these two interesting now I will say you know, Ernest Dickerson is also kind of like a legend and has like decades of experience and has worked with like in tv movies he's you know shot films for spike lee uh, i i don't think that he would at this point in his career be turning in unusable footage so that's all i gotta say about that so anyways kind of yeah kind of an interesting piece of trivia there and uh yeah so <laughs> that is the creative force behind this episode anything you want to add to that renee boy no that was very interesting yeah Great. Very interesting. <laughs> well, yeah. well, if you're interested, hopefully the other listeners are interested. But yes. <laughs> so let's move on and just talk a little bit about the plot synopsis of this episode. What is this episode about? Well, according to AMC.com, this episode is about the following. Rick leads the group out of Atlanta. On the highway, they are stopped by a threat unlike anything they have seen before. The group searches for someone who has gone missing. Hmm. Oddly vague. Okay. Well, I guess I guess we'll have to watch and see who goes missing. Yeah. Yeah, which I guess I should stop here and say because this is like this is season two of our show. So maybe I don't know how people would be finding us in season two if they haven't already listened. But we should probably mention we're taking this episode by episode and we are kind of treating it as a a first watch. So if you have not watched all this season for some reason, don't worry. We're going to try to keep it spoiler free. Or if you're just the sort of person who, you know, likes to rewatch stuff and doesn't necessarily remember everything about it and that you want to kind of rediscover the series you can do that with us so i will say uh we will we'll obviously be spoiling this episode but we will do our best not to spoil uh future episodes so i always forget to say that at at the top of the show i don't know if anyone actually cares (laughs) but there you go timeline on this because we were kind of keeping track of the timeline this episode i believe takes place two days after 
the season finale of episode or episode uh, season one because the uh, Rick says at the beginning he says we lost another day before last so I'm just assuming it's been two days ah, which yes, is you yes. know ca- kind of funny because that man there must have been something in that water at the CDC because uh, it's been two days and uh, Carl to a certain extent but definitely Sophia looks a lot older oddly enough <laughs> uh, somehow <laughs> just as tall as her mom now. I don't right. know what happened. It's crazy. It's crazy, these kids. It's just, you just <laughs> They turn grow around. up so fast. They do. <laughs> yeah. No, it always cracks me up. And I mentioned this. Oh yeah, God. I mentioned this the first season. Like, I actually had to look it up because I was like, did they recast that girl? Because she looks nothing like she did in the first season to me. But, right. uh, yeah, it's always it always cracks me up. They're like, two days later. And then they <laughs> obviously, like, some, the child actor that they had and was like yeah. an adorable little kid is now, like, a full-grown adult. At some point, you would think that somebody was sitting around going, "Oh, we didn't really think that one through, did we?" Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I feel like I feel like shows always just kind of like deal with it, and they just like don't make mention of it because Game of Thrones kind of has the same thing, where like all oh, the God, yes. all the especially I can't remember her name, the the one sister who is like as an adult is probably like almost six feet tall. So she was all suddenly like in season three, like towering over some of the like adult actors when it was yes. supposed to be like I think like like maybe a couple months after the first season or something. But anyways, yeah, yeah, I love it. Uh, so yeah, anyways, that's uh, yeah, that's that's the plot and uh, the timeline. And I think let's see, did we want to mention this other part? Yeah, maybe we should mention this other part. So. This is actually kind of an interesting little nugget about Ooh. this episode. Yeah. So so we got, like like I said, there were some issues with this episode specifically. There were also issues with uh, Frank Darabont getting fired, uh, mm. unfortunately, you know, through no fault of his own, from what I understand. He was basically unceremoniously cut by AMC. But it sounds like there were some other issues with this as well. So I'm actually going to read this. Uh, this is kind of verbatim from IMDb. So take it with a grain of salt. But because uh, I was wondering why it was like a little bit longer, I assumed they had just done like an hour and a half premiere or something. But according to IMDb.com, the most reputable website on the Internet, mm-hmm. the reason this episode is longer than most is because budget cuts forced two episodes to be condensed into one, which we did actually talk about that last last uh, on that little mini episode. Basically, the reason Dearborn was fired was because they were cutting the budget and he was not happy. And so they told him to fuck off. But uh, originally, season two was supposed to have 14 episodes with the first episode being titled Miles Behind Us and the second episode, What Lies Ahead. Miles Behind Us was supposed to tell the story of how the group got out of Atlanta after fleeing the CDC, and Miles Behind Us was also going to include a flashback scene showing the backstory of the Army Ranger played by Sam Witwer that was in the tank and was shot by Rick after he had turned, and how he came to be in the predicament that forced him to take shelter inside the tank and die. Oh, I actually thought that was pretty interesting because going back to Sam Witwer, like we mentioned on the first episode that he shows up in that tank. He's just a, I mean, he's a zombie. He gets up and, but then he gets shot. He doesn't really do anything, but I thought it was kind of funny because Frank Darabont was actually recasting him because he had previously cast him in the mist, which a lot of these other actors were from. So I just thought it was kind of funny. Like that he recast this guy and then, like, he doesn't actually do anything. So it's kind of interesting that I guess he had some plans for that zombie, and that's why he cast that person specifically, but then it had to get cut, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it was curious about that situation of, I guess in my mind, it's like, well, 
you were in the tank unless maybe he had to run to get into it or something. It's like, you know, everything was sealed off uh, from what it appeared to be. So I was just a little curious of, you know, I don't know if he got bit or something happened, but it's like, you're in a tank, bro. Just like keep it moving. <laughs> yeah. I was assuming. Did you run out of gas? What happened? I, yeah. I always just assumed that he got, he got bit, but mm. yeah. And then I kind of wondered sometimes like, like if you were Rick, like, would you, I think I probably would have tried to drive that sucker. You know, I mean, if I knew anything about driving a tank, probably, but I don't. <laughs> could so. it be that hard? <laughs> That's true. That's could true. Could you find I mean, it? I'm sure there's a YouTube video you could find. <laughs> it's probably just enough just juice bring on my your phone. phone. Up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How to drive that? Hey, you're not. You're not wrong. It's actually. Yeah, that would have been funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up now just so phone. I'm prepared yeah, for the future. Yeah. Yeah. Look up. Look up. Look up the make and model of that specific tank too, because <laughs> you never know. They, you know, Do we have could... to replace the radiator hose? Or... Oh, God. Does it have a radiator not. hose in a tank? Uh, oh, probably probably somewhere. Somewhere. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I thought that was, kind of, that was all kind of interesting. And you can actually go find, I guess those were, those scenes, those deleted scenes were on, like, the Blu-ray of Season 2. But uh, if you're like me and you don't have the Blu-rays of Season 2, you can also just go to the, uh, go to the YouTubes, speaking of YouTubes, and find those scenes. Now, Renee, did you actually you had something you've been you've been holding on to this for a little while before we even get into the plot of this one? Uh, there's also there's some other deleted scenes in there that uh, that that you had mentioned to me, and I, I said we should hold it until this episode. Oh. So, do you want to talk about those real quick as well? Yeah. So when God, I don't remember exactly when this occurred. I believe it is when they were on their way out of Atlanta. They stopped by the nursing home. To check in with Zach's favorite people, mm-hmm. the Vatos. Yeah. And the little old, little old people. And uh, they showed up and everyone was dead. And not like zombie dead, but like murdered dead. And some of them like headshot dead because they were not, they were not zombies. So someone came through there and just blasted them off the planet. And you, you can see that footage, like in the in the deleted scenes, and it's like, I think that it's a little unclear because I don't think they actually shot all the footage, but it starts out. It looks like they're like getting attacked or something in Atlanta, and then they decide, hey, we like I think Rick says, hey, we have you know there are people that uh, that we can go and like try to stay with before we until we figure out what to do. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, thought that was kind of interesting. I guess Robert Kirkman was like, oh my my crowning achievement was creating this this stupid group of people and that that last season so you gotta revisit them right i mean you don't god how long would they have made it anyway but uh yeah although that is funny because yeah that would have been probably i think i think given our timeline maybe four or five days after they actually went there the first time so Mm. i guess someone someone swooped in pretty quickly and uh shot the place up that's a really great point i didn't even think about the timeline yeah yeah, yeah, because these always I always forget the timeline too. That's why I started keeping track because I'm like, yeah, I didn't. You know, we, we talked about that season one. I didn't realize that it's like six days for the right. entire season. That's uh, that's kind of the the background, the plot, uh, the, a little bit of trivia with that plot about. Uh, it's just kind of interesting the stuff that kind of gets left out and why there are also some kind of interesting character points in the uh, in the cut footage. There's like one, there is actually one. Well, actually, you know, there are two things that I th- thought were kind of cool because one thing is like because it starts out with Shane 
like almost getting it i guess killed and attacked by the the walkers and he gets back into the the uh the rv and then he's like hugging carl and laurie is kind of like looking at him like i don't know if i'm okay with this but i'm gonna let him do it because i don't know or i guess like carl's like really upset because he almost died so carl's like runs to him and hugs him and like shane's trying to comfort him yeah that was kind of an interesting moment it was interesting yeah 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 and then there's the other moment where some uh, god i can't remember the exact lines but uh you know the 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 scene where like they're in the the nursing home and daryl says something about being observant Hmm. and then like laurie is like oh that's a big it's a big word for you. He's like, I've, you know, I can't remember his exact line. Basically, like shuts her down. It's pretty funny. Yes, yes. Couple, uh, couple, of, yeah, a couple of moments. I kind of wish they had been able to kind of salvage, but oh yeah. well. It is true. And then there's those little moments that happen that kind of are like, oh right, like I remember, yeah, why he became a fan favorite. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. That's what I predict, at least, that he will become. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we don't know because the year is yeah. 2011 and yeah, who knows what's going to happen with this crazy show. So anyways, <laughs> moving on, we got episode first and we got no new characters on this episode. We do have a couple of things that I think you had noted down. Renee, did you want to read those off? Oh, do I have anything? Let me take a little peek yeah. here. You, you wrote them in the notes, so I figured I shouldn't just read your notes and pretend that they're mine. It was funny because I kind of thought about this a little bit at first because it was like, well, I guess it's really the first time they encountered like a large herd. So I had to go back and think about, I didn't actually go back and watch it, but I had to think about, you know, the the group they encountered before. And then watching that scene again, it's like, oh shit, that really is a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of walkers. It was a little bit strange though. I didn't, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's sort of like different walker behavior in this world. I guess I'm sort of used to, say, like, George Romero world where it's like if a zombie knows you're in there, it's never going to leave unless something else comes along, you know? Right. Um, they're, not, they're not just going to pass by, like, a literal herd of, like, cows or something that just walk by. So that threw me off a little bit. But yeah, any thoughts on that, that giant herd? Yeah, I mean, I, I took it to be that basically they're just looking for food and they do kind of like gather mm. and move as a as a group, which is, you know, why herd is a very appropriate term mm-hmm. for them. I mean, technically, he, he probably ran into even more zombies in Atlanta, but they were kind of it's kind of coincidental that they were all there versus these this group just like moving together. So, yeah, I guess yeah. I was just a little surprised they didn't get snuffed out. Well, it's a yeah, we'll talk about that scene uh, shortly there it's pretty pretty tense suspenseful scene in my opinion it is it is <laughs> this is semi-spoilery this is the first time carl gets shot <laughs> oh man actually you know i don't think i've watched long enough to see how many times carl gets shot so i'm looking forward to that <laughs> yeah so uh i i would tell you i could not think of any others did I miss anything that you can think uh, of? No, no, that's okay. it. No new well, characters, nothing else. So I guess we can move on to our next section then where we're going to finally kind of get to the meat of the story and the characters on this episode in the section that we like to call the living. So obviously last time we saw all of our kind of intrepid heroes here, they were escaping from the CDC. And I kind of like the way that Darabont closes that season out where, you know, they're they're on the road they're talking about going to what is it? Oh God! What's the name of the fort? I've already forgotten. Like fort, fort Benning. B- Benning. Yeah, there you go. 
so uh yeah so they're going to fort benning and i do like the fact that he kind of you know he kind of leaves it there so we kind of pick up on them and we're kind of seeing you know what they're what they're up to and kind of like some of the fallout of the last episode or the season finale of season one so i don't know renee who's uh who's your first pick to talk about on this episode anyone stand out to you oh man you know, <laughs> I'm just going to get it out of the way because this person just has been driving me crazy. Freaking Andrea. Uh, <laughs> yeah. God yeah. dang it, Andrea. She, I mean, it's part of it I can understand to an extent, but she just has the worst way. Like, just pouting and like, I'm just going to, you know, like make faces and just, oh, God, just be a little bitch ass the whole time. Because Andrea did not get a gun. And it was just one of those things where, you know, they were holding on to them. And then Shane was showing her how to clean the gun. So her gun had been disassembled. And they were just trying to keep account of everything, which makes perfect sense. But then Lori goes off and <laughs> they're like th- literally throwing guns at her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. I mean, Andrea didn't say, I think, one way or the other about the She She kind of proved in a way she's like I don't really know anything about this I don't know how to clean this you could show me some stuff and Lori who has been married to Rick for I don't know how old is Carl eight like so presumptively at least eight six years six years oh sorry oh how old I said six years no oh, he's six oh, yeah <laughs> no, no no I'm saying he's eight and they've been married for six yeah. years so <laughs> they've been living in sin now yeah. oh god I think I think they've been together for a while though because I think actually I well I'm gonna spoil something here I, I just got done yeah. saying that we wouldn't spoil stuff but I think in the next episode she mentions that they got married pretty young so I think they've oh, been together for a while yeah, yeah interesting um so presumptively she has more experience with handguns than you know so i don't think rick would be offering a gun to his wife unless he knew she knew what she was doing with it but no andrea just had to be a little bitch ass about it and uh. (laughs) yeah i don't know so yeah let's let andrea well i think actually like andrea and dale i kind of want to talk to that is that is an interesting conversation yeah yeah because like most of her most of her like complaining is actually at dale and i actually so okay yeah so what the the gun thing is kind of interesting because like shane is like yeah we we don't want everyone out there running around out there with guns well you know you know it's kind of ironic because he was the guy who was getting ready to shoot rick in the back just a few episodes (laughs) ago of course no one else knows that or do they (laughs) But uh, so that was kind of funny. It's also kind of funny because he was like, oh, yeah, well, uh, we're, you know, Rick and I are the only ones who are going to have guns because we're trained. And I'm like, you know, mm, okay. do you know how many times like cops accidentally shoot bystanders? I'm just saying, like, it's not guaranteed that just because you have training doesn't mean you're not going to accidentally shoot someone out there. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. I thought the whole yeah, I thought the whole thing was kind of interesting, like her her wanting a gun and actually i mean dale's reasoning and shane's reasoning is kind of like different though right because like shane was like oh yeah i don't want anyone out there who might accidentally shoot someone but then dale obviously is more like thinking along the lines of like she might hurt herself if she has this gun definitely more like fatherly don't don't give my little girl a gun she'll shoot her eye out well, I don't. I don't even think it was that. I, th- I think it was like he was 
like thinking that she was still like suicidal basically is what I got out oh, of it. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my er, goodness. Or at, least, or at least that's what she seems to think. And Dale, I don't think, disputes it. Because she has the line about, like, just something about, like, yeah, well, you think if you just hand me the gun, I'm just going to, you know, stick it straight in my mouth and pull the trigger. Oh, my God. Like that, that. I was, that totally got lost on me. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Which which I actually, so I actually kind of like the, the pickup here from, like, the last season or the last episode. Because... Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit on, I think it was like our, our season wrap up or, or maybe it was the, the episode about that episode. But we talked a little bit about how like Dale, I think he did the right thing. But at the same time, it was a little bit manipulative <laughs> the way he went about it. And like, I like the fact that they don't just let him off the hook, so to speak. Like Andrew's mm-hmm. actually still pretty pissed at him about that. And she's, you know, she's still kind of mad that she, he basically like put her in a situation where she couldn't do what she wanted to do. So I actually kind of like that fact. Yeah, I did. Cause it's kind of almost like really, it's like the, almost the opposite of what Jenner was going to do to them in a way. I mean, granted, you know, there was a choice, but yeah, it's like put them in that position where it's like, it's rough. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I do, I mean, as much as I, as much as I hate to say it, I'm surprised that I'm even saying this, but I actually do have some sympathy for Andrea in this episode, just because I kind of under, like, it's kind of weird that like she's in this weird position where she was obviously very depressed about her sister dying. And she did, you know, she did basically make the decision to die. And then Dale kind of blackmailed her into not doing it. But now she's (laughs) in this weird position where it's like, now people are kind of like treating her with kid gloves and, you know, it's it's kind of this very awkward environment for her. So I don't know. I, yeah. I kind of as I, I now, now I very quickly lose that because she starts complaining like constantly. But yeah, for a moment, <laughs> well, I have it, a little bit of sympathy. It's true. And I can sort of sympathize a little bit, too. But I, I guess my only thought is like, at least, you know, they weren't arming up like Carol and everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and just like everyone except you. I think they even had mentioned like even carol something to that effect of like no yeah she was just kind of drove me a little bit crazy she, just because i think she was just being kind of bratty i mean you know what if like, you know shoot who knows how you'd react in a situation like that but yeah but i did i i did forget that conversation they had it was really interesting yeah because i can see again it's like both sides of the coin you know his thoughts and then you know her thoughts of like I didn't want this to happen. And of course, when the herd comes through, it's like, see you, SOB. This is this is not what I wanted to go through again. I will say, regardless of anything else, I, I too would probably be pissed off at just like Shane once again being this absolute control freak about everything. I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm I don't want to say I'm on Team Andrea here, but I, I do think that she has a point about, you know, being being blackmailed out of that. And then now she's being like, basically, she's in, like... She's in timeout, which is kind of awkward for her. Yeah. And I will say she, um, I, there's other people that I can beef with more than, than Andrea, even though she annoyed me. Yeah. I mean, let's see. There's also something else I wanted to call out, uh, Dale related in this episode. So there are a couple things in this episode I absolutely do not like, and we're going to talk about that a little bit, but (laughs) I feel like there's a lot of kind of lazy writing in this episode. Mm. And one of the, one of the things one of the I mentioned Dale because one of the things that uh that I found incredibly lazy was actually uh, just a line from him because 
when they're coming up on the like the 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 traffic jam or whatever and uh i think it's like i think maybe glenn who says like well can't we like turn around or you know take a side road oh my god and then dale says we can't spare the fuel yes it's like so the first thing you think about is not there are a million vehicles here we can get a bunch of gas and (laughs) siphon a bunch of gas out which is what they end up doing anyways but no your first thought is oh no we gotta we gotta push on through like yeah. that is some of the laziest ass writing I, I have ever heard in my life. Yeah, and that drove me crazy too because it's literally it was I had the same response of like, like bro, look around, <laughs> like what? Yeah, like, surely so, every car cannot be out of gas. Yeah, so so I was man, I, not really a Dale thing, but I just wanted to call that out because I was like, man, this is uh like I I just it it, it annoys me when I when I hear a line or something where it's like a character rationalizing something that's obviously actually the writer rationalizing the fact that he's not a better writer and can't come up with like a better reason for something happening. So, Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. So that's, I don't know. That's, that's uh that's just kind of an aside. Anything else about Dale though? I mean, he's, he's in this episode a little bit, you know, I think, uh, I think he, you know, he gets, he gets adequate screen time. Obviously most of it's dealing with like taking the gun away from Andrea yeah um two little things about dale my first a little a little beefy is he's he's the lookout this man yeah. is the lookout and he has binoculars and he did not see that gigantic <sighs> herd of walkers coming and then it was like he saw them and what was it rick or shane saw them yeah and it, yeah, Rick sh- Rick saw them because he had the the rifle with a sight. Yeah, and it's like they both just stood there for a way way too long, and I I feel like they just would have had adequate time to to warn everyone to like really get into a good spot and yeah. also shut the hell up. That just felt it just didn't it, I didn't like it didn't like, yeah. That, that whole thing bothered me just because, like, I guess maybe they came out of the woods or something. Ugh. But this is, this is like, this is the problem I have with some zombie stuff where, especially, like, slow zombie stuff where they want to have slow zombies, which I think are fine. Like, I don't sure. want to get into that whole debate. But, like, then, they're, then like, very often they have to do, like, the magical teleporting zombies where it's, like, all of a sudden there are <laughs> zombies where there weren't any before, even though yeah. normally, yeah, zombies are very slow and kind of, like, loud and... But yeah, they he kind of looks up and it's like, and then when he looks, in, yeah, when he, when Dale goes up and looks at, and it's like, oh, there are like hundreds of them, and they're all over the road, and they didn't see any of them coming in. I don't know. They've only yeah. been there for I don't know, like, I don't know, maybe maybe a few minutes. I think maybe 20, 30 minutes. So right, and it would have made sense if maybe there was like a huge curve in the road, but that's a right, pretty right. straightforward road. Yeah, um, yeah, and I know like certain shots when they panned. It was like you could just see them like coming straight up the highway. It was it was just very odd the way that they uh, kind of did that. But then, you know, at the very end uh, or towards the end, I guess he is a little bit clever in a way to kind of buy some time in a situation. <laughs> so, yeah, you talk, are you talking about Dale? Yeah, Dale. Yeah, for better or for worse, you know, kind of help maybe get some extra time. Maybe better for Carol. So, 
Yeah, I kind of, I kind of appreciated that though, because like, oh he, no, his... absolutely, I would. That was my plus. He like, he yeah, had okay, a redemption okay, yeah. Moment. yeah, yeah. I like that because it's kind of funny because like Dale's always seemed like a very like a straight shooter who, you know, will tell no lies, but then all of a sudden we realize that yeah, he says yeah, I, I, I fixed the, you know, I fixed the uh, the the hose yesterday, yeah. and uh, and we've actually been able to go, but I, I'm just worried that as soon as people find out that we can move along, they'll kind of not want to look for Sophia anymore, which I thought was kind of sweet. I mean, yeah, I the really fact like, that I thought that was nice. And also, I, I, I think that one of the things I love about this character is that he is someone who seems to like understand and consider like human nature in a lot yeah. of the things that he does and kind of like understand like the way, you know, sometimes he does things because he understands the human nature of other people. So mm-hmm. I kind of like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I really liked when T-Doc was like, that's one tricky hose. Yep. And, he, and he just like nodded his head with like this big, like shit eating grin on his face. It was so yep. great. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I love I that. Yeah. It was good. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Speaking of, I got to say, man, I am very, very upset that they have now dwindled the cast so much. And yet they still find, they still find a way to basically take T-Dog kind of out of the plot. Which I was no kind of pissed off about. Yeah. So I, I guess also I should I should be repeating because we're 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 picking up from a new season. So usually I repeat all the all the actors, but of course we're talking about Jeffrey Demun as Dale Horvath and Irony Singleton as T Dog, and yeah, I man, I was I you know we talked in the first season how T Dog doesn't have a whole lot of character development and he doesn't have a whole lot to do, but mm-hmm. I think it's like it's just a matter of like liking the actor. And so when he's, you know, he's back here in season two and there's obviously the, the cast is smaller. So I'm like, oh, yeah, now he gets some more T-Dog. And then he gets his <laughs> he like, you know, shreds his arm on that car, which I I don't know. I don't actually know where they're going. I, I should also say that, you know, I've watched this season, but it was actually at the time it was airing. So it's actually been a decade since I've watched this. So I actually mm-hmm. remember very little. So when we say we're not going to spoil stuff for the future, it's actually partly true just because i don't actually remember a lot of what happens so i do not actually remember what happens to t-dog and put in my notes i just said y'all better not kill t-dog so <laughs> I well it's that. funny you mentioned that because with carl i forgot that this happened too and yeah. i was like oh shit i forgot so yeah it's, oh, it's, <laughs> it's like a brand new show so yeah i i don't know i mean i i like the fact that i guess he's you know he's there he gets some quality time with dale still kind of pissed off and also i mean i guess they were kind of trying to give i mean it almost seems like they had him get injured just because they wanted to have daryl get like a hero moment there which is fine i guess but still i'm uh i'm i'm on the fence about the the treatment of t-dog in this episode i agree i just think it you know again just kind of lazy writing and they just i don't know they just kind of had him in places i think to kind of it's like they he was kind of put in the place to make dale have a moment right right yeah it's like he's kind of there to assist another player you know yeah that's actually true yeah he's he's definitely like a still a a supporting character in in all all regards so that's kind of annoying honestly the more i think about it now that you mention it yeah that's actually exactly why he's here (laughs) he's here to give daryl a hero moment and you know, basically give someone, give Dale someone to talk to while everyone else is away. <laughs> well, um, who else do we want to talk about on this episode? Well, there's Lori. We could probably knock her out pretty quickly. Um, we probably could. She's very small and probably go down easily. 
Oh, oh, you mean you mean talking about her? Yes, it's true. Yes, both. <laughs> honestly, um, she has a little conversation with Shane because, like you mentioned, yeah. there's that whole moment of of uh, Carl, you know, having his, he's first. It's really interesting because you know, it just it seemed like this kind of sort of came out of nowhere a little bit, and where all of a sudden Carl is like deferring to Shane on things. And I could yeah. sort of see before Rick showed up that you would see a little bit of that. But it's really just like, well, Shane said, and like, Shane, what do you think about that? Like, you know, it wasn't, I don't know, it's weird. Stuff that he you would typically think he would be like, well, go ask your father kind of a thing. But he just is invested in Shane's opinion. And then, of course, Lori is like, uh, you know, like you mentioned, like, I don't really know how I feel about this. Uh, situation but Shane for his benefit because he was just like get out of here kid go ask your dad or whatever he's like what the hell do you want me to do because you told me to leave you told me to leave you alone so I'm really trying to not do this Uh, it was it was I could see it's a tough situation because what do you again what do you do because you know you can't be too awkward because everyone's gonna ask why y'all are being awkward so well first of all I gotta say so yeah the Carl thing I kind of wish they had kept that moment from the like the the cut footage because that's actually because i was thinking about that it's kind of weird that yeah uh, carl's all up in like shane's business he's trying to be like talking to him and showing him stuff all the time and i kind of wish like they had kept that that cut scene because it actually kind of makes sense when you see the fact that he almost i guess died and carl got like really upset by that and so like to me it actually makes sense in that context that now he's like oh he he's still like he doesn't know anything that's going on, so he's so he does still kind of look to up up to Shane as like this kind of I guess almost uncle slash father figure, and almost seeing him die has now made him want to like be around him all the time, and you know because he's in his own ways you know kind of kind of worried about him and he was kind of traumatized by by him I guess yeah. almost getting killed. So that's I, I kind of wish, point. yeah, yeah, that that kind of like when I went back and watched that I was like oh that now it kind of makes sense because. Yeah, the same thing you said, which was I was like, why is he he's now now like definitely like on Shane's heels this entire episode, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Lori, I think maybe her rare moments of personality appeared. Yeah. And uh, yeah, when she, you know, Andrea again made some comment and about a gun and she was like, just take the damn thing because you're giving me major side eye and I'm sick of your shit. And then she's like. Carol and you um, and gives her a lecture about some stuff that had happened that had happened which I guess we'll touch on in just a, a moment yes yeah, so I thought it was interesting you know she kind of ha- had a little bit of a asserted herself finally which was nice showed a little personality again it's nice I, I did so the scene with her and Shane at the beginning oh, no. there kind of kind of kind of got me though because like so Obviously, like, sh- sh- like she was kind of semi confronting him about what had happened in the last yeah. episode, of the season finale, which was basically, you know, he he essentially tried to like rape her. If he, right. I mean, it seemed pretty clear that's what was happening. Yeah. And then and then sh- and then Shane is like, well, you know, every what is it? Everyone makes has you know some mistakes under their belt or something. <laughs> I was like, wow, you're trying to rationalize like trying to assault Lori by saying, well, we're not, no one's perfect. Womp womp. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciated that she was like, uh, I think it's pretty obvious what was going on there. I will, I will say her, yeah, her character seems to be a little stronger in this season. Uh, and once again, that is, we are talking about, uh, Sarah Wayne Callies as Lori Grimes. So I, you know, we, we talked a lot in the first season about how she was just kind of there to be like Rick's, Rick's wife and slash Carl's mom. And she actually didn't have a whole lot to do or she didn't have a whole lot going on character wise. So yeah, I kind of, I kind of like the fact that she's finally kind of a, a, like you said, asserting herself and, uh, kind of, kind of, uh, I guess kind of establishing her a little bit more as a character who's actually like has her own opinions about things. Did, did Glenn stick out? I feel like Glenn, maybe Glenn and Daryl were just kind of, were sort of a little bit pushed to the side. Daryl has a couple of moments. I think it's, you know, it's, he he's obviously like he's there he's he's the guy who's kind of like you know leading the search for Sophia because he's like the only person who's really any good at like tracking I mean he does have a couple of good moments like the fact that (laughs) him and Rick the really really gross scene that goes on far too long in my opinion but where they're just cutting that one walker open to see if there are any human remains inside of it oh my god (laughs) they're just like pulling out like handful after handful of innards and then they pull the stomach out and they open up the stomach. Oh God. Oh man. Is this, yeah. Do you think this is a good segue to maybe talk about what they were looking for? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was also going to say uh, one other thing that I thought was kind of interesting is like everyone, when they go to the church, everyone kind of has their same, uh, or excuse me, everyone has like a different reaction. And cause especially like Rick is having like some like long drawn out, like, <laughs> discussion or, or monologue with the you know the the statue of, of jesus and then when they're clearing the place out though like daryl's just in there and he just kind of like looks up at him and he goes he said something like you take you're taking requests jc or something like that and that's all he has to say <laughs> so i kind of appreciated that but yeah do we want to talk about the uh the the how do you pronounce their last name the Pil- pilotiers it's probably yeah, not right I, that works for me I felt like it was like TA or something in like Pelletier. I don't know. Pelletier. Oh, yeah, probably is Pelletier. Sorry. There's, Just yeah. Call it Carol P. Carol, Carol and Sophia. Yeah, Carol and to Sophia. To their friends. So earlier <laughs> uh, in the episode, I can't remember exactly what time frame this happened, but it was towards the beginning, I believe. So when the big walker herd came through because they had literally no warning yeah <laughs> people yeah people took cover uh, under vehicles which somehow managed to work the walkers did not sniff them out even though i've heard they have amazing smelling powers which is how they can smell living people which that's a whole nother situation so everyone's hiding under the car freaking sophia and, you know, kids, you just can't control these kids. She has just a moment where she's like, ah! I guess she just tried for whatever reason to, like, crawl out from under the car early. I don't know why nobody was, like, interacting with her at that moment again, because then nothing would have happened and the storyline wouldn't have evolved. But it's like she decides to just, like, crawl out from the car early, but then she sees a walker, and then she screams, and then the walker's like, hey, what's under here? <laughs> And starts crawling under the car to get her. So Sophia like takes off running. I think I think it was supposed to be like a straggler because at that point, 
because they show all the like all the 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 feet going past all the like the legs going past for a while and then they kind of die off and then there's there's even like a shot i think where like carl is like smiling on his dad like you know whoa, 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 we, we made it right. uh, so i think i think we're supposed to have the impression but uh nope apparently there's some there's some walkers that are even slower than your your normal walker so yeah i think i would have just waited until someone gave me the all clear. Right. I always feel like there's always movies where someone is hiding from like the monster or the scary guy. And they're like, ah, two seconds have passed. I'm yeah. safe now. <laughs> and no, you're yeah. never safe. You should wait. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. People people who come after, come out after the monster has passed are people who wait like two seconds and then start talking in their normal voice oh God, to another yes. character. Like, glad he's gone. Like, <laughs> damn it. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, so that's a lot of what the second episode was about, you know, Daryl leading the charge of trying to find Sophia in the woods and these poor guys cutting open a walker to see if it ate Sophia. Yeah. Can can, I, can we get into my my main grape with this episode? Absolutely. Because it actually, it actually centers around the whole Sophia debacle. So, <laughs> so Rick, speaking of... Speaking of some lazy writing, so, you know, Rick Rick chases after her, as Rick always does, to go try to save the day. And he manages to get her. I guess he's, like, carrying her because it's just show her falling. I never quite understood. It's, like, she, it doesn't, like, establish that she, like, I don't know, twisted her ankle or anything. But he just picks her up and starts, you know, running with her. But then he leaves her in that, that riverbed or that, uh, you know, that creek bed or whatever. And so my main my main like gripe with this episode, obviously the you know the, the whole plot after this is that he goes back and she's gone and and he he realizes that she didn't go, just get back to the road, but like <laughs> the reason he's leaving her there is he's like oh well I you know I, I I get winded and the walkers don't so I have to leave you here and you know lead them away, but like he sits there for like a minute explaining this to her and I'm like if you if you gained a minute's lead on these things you could probably just get away from them. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I can think of, like, a million or, like, you're you're down in the creek and they don't even get down there until he starts yelling at them. Like, you could have just kind of, like, hid, ducked down, and, like, started running the... I don't, I don't know. There are, like, a million things you could have done. But, no, oh. he has to be like, here you go, little girl. Stay here all alone and I'll go lead the, the, uh, the walkers away. And right. uh, this is pretty much the most frustrating thing about this episode to me because this is, like, the laziest the laziest writing in the entire episode that is like setting up kind of like the, the main conflict or the main plot point of this, uh, this episode. So yeah, I don't know. Kind of, (laughs) kind of hate it. Yeah. And I have to tell you, if somebody had said to me, keep the shoulder or keep the sun on your left shoulder, I would have said, what are you talking about? If you, (laughs) if you said that, well, if you said it to me when I was like 10 or whatever, like she is, I'd be like, what's my left? So, <laughs> like, yeah. right? Oh my god! I'd be like pulling up my fingers. Yeah, yeah. that and I, I right? Because it's like, I don't. What, what time was it? Like, what if it was noon? It'd be on both your shoulders. That was just the dumbest <laughs> thing I'd ever heard. I mean, Ugh. like for for a country boy, Rick obviously hasn't spent a whole lot of time outside because I can tell you, someone like even even areas that aren't like mountainous and and complicated, like even. Even like the just the the normal Georgia countryside, like if you're out there in the woods, it is very very easy to just like get lost and turned around. And mm. I would not tell like a small child yet, yeah, like just you know head back, yeah, keep 
head due east and keep your yeah keep your left shoulder to the sun you'll be fine like no i wouldn't (laughs) i wouldn't trust myself to be able to do that honest to god that was just poorly poorly executed i mean they could i mean god he could have just like looped back they didn't even go very far he could have just like looped around looped back up to and even even if the walkers were still chasing them then the people on the on the road could have dealt with them but yeah (sighs) at the very least have the kid climb a tree yeah exactly you know you can go fetch her out of the tree later exactly yeah, that's actually, I didn't even think of that. That's a good one, too. Yeah. Well, there you go. I'll save your life one day with that. Yeah. Fun fact. Tell me, tell me to climb trees. a tree. As long as there are no zombie <laughs> beers around. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of like my, that's actually my main kind of issue with this episode. And I think there's actually a lot of good stuff in here. But man, like I, every single time I watch this episode, I'm just like, ah, uh, this is, this is not like the correct solution to this problem, Rick. I don't know what you're thinking. But and also, like, you have a small child. Like, it's not like like if I was trying to figure out, like, how to tell a small child to survive. Yeah, I'd probably be like very kind of confused because I have like no idea, like how smart children are or any frame of reference. But he has a kid like her age. So he probably could have said, hmm, let me think for a moment. Would Carl be able to follow these directions? No, because Carl's a freaking idiot. Because all kids this age are freaking idiots. So 100 percent. I shouldn't trust her to be able to do that. It's true. Well, I will say, because, like, I'm the kind of person, I was watching a show not long ago, and this guy's, like, playing with, the, like, keeping the kid entertained while he's putting groceries away. <laughs> so he gives the kid a plastic bag, and the the wife is like, what are you doing? You can't give a baby a plastic bag. And I was like, why not? He's right there. <laughs> like, I literally am the kind of person that would give a child a plastic bag. I just cannot be trusted. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. yeah, I was like, what's what's the big deal about that? Oh, it's fine. He's standing right there. Nothing could possibly go wrong. Yeah, so don't trust me with your children. Luckily, everybody I know that has, the, all the kids are over 18 now, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh... I- <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I like, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't know what to do in this situation, but I expect someone who has a small kid to know know what to do. So please, that, God, yeah. God, it's so confusing. So that actually gets me to like another thing, though, because it's kind of funny because then like there are multiple times throughout the rest of this episode where Carol is like yelling at Rick and like blaming him. And there's even yes. a scene near the end where Lori is t- Lori says to Carol, like, you've got to stop blaming Rick. This isn't his fault. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, this is actually all Rick's fault because he's an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> Which it's is true. It's funny that it's funny because like they don't know it because like he just told them, yeah, I didn't have any other choice. But as viewers, we're like, yeah, you had like a million other choices, dude. He yeah. chose like literally the worst possible choice. Yeah. yeah. You're like, stay right here. That's what you don't want to do when there's zombies around. Oh, he didn't even tell her. He didn't even tell her to stay right there. Like even God, that would have been better. He, Yeah, because he said, yeah, because that was why he's – he said, keep, keep your shoulder to the sun because he told her to go back to the road. Oh, God. Like, for some reason, I thought he was telling her to stay. And then I just got confused about, like, the whole running back. I thought, well, like, well, whenever you see a break, just go for it. Oh, it's just dreadful. Just dreadful. Yeah, he definitely should have. Can't yeah, do so, Can't do so, so Rick's an idiot. I, I actually, I thoroughly blame him. I'm with Carol on this. He's totally responsible yeah. for Anything that that, uh, befalls Sophia after this point, so. Well, and it's funny, you know, Rick is going to now pay. Well, someone's going to pay for those choices, those actions. Because, you know, of course, they're still looking for Sophia. And they have this, you know, I guess the whole we should split up 
I don't remember exactly why they all split up. I think it's so that they can just cover more ground. Maybe that's what it was. Because they know that they have like a limited amount of time. This is so stupid. I feel like my brain is just like, this is so dumb. I can't allow you (laughs) to remember this. Okay. So they're like (laughs) looking for and they're like, you know, in in the woods, like everything, you know, loud, crunchy leaves when anything moves. Right. And of course, it's like this big buck. And, you know, if if you're going to have a child approach an animal, a wild animal, the a buck is probably yeah. one of the safest things <laughs> you could ever... Trust me on this. Trust me. And give your kids plastic bags to play with. No, I'm just kidding. Go um, ahead and... Yeah, go ahead and approach this this buck probably, like, I don't know when... I don't actually have no no idea when, like, mating season is for deer, but... We're going to say it's in the middle of mating season just so I can make my point. Yeah. (laughs) Like, for real. And I guess, you know, they can't. It's not like they can shoot Bambi or anything, so they couldn't have that moment. But I mean. And they're all standing around like, it's Carl. Carl's going to have a Snow White moment with this freaking buck. And he, like, walks up to it with, like, his hand outreached. And this stupid look on his face like, oh. And I'd probably have the same stupid ass look on my face, <laughs> except I, well, I'm, it's never mind. Um, <laughs> it's fine. I probably would too, but I'm not on this TV show, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> so, boom. Next thing you know, Carl gets shot. Why? Because someone shot the buck and the bullet somehow went right through that buck and right into Carl. I mean, it must have been a clean shot, I guess. I don't know. Good shot. I will say, yeah, like, like. I didn't even, uh, yeah, I actually forgot to take a note on that, but I was thinking the same thing when I watched it. I was like, man, Rick is, uh, like, actually, I guess I understand now why Rick let that girl just, like, wander around the woods by herself, because Rick's a bad dad. He sees a giant wild animal, and he's like, why don't you go pet that wild animal, Carl? Right. Why don't you go, yeah, go have a moment with that animal that's probably, like, you know, looking for something to fuck and will kill anything that you can't fuck, so. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm just saying, no, I mean, you know, hunters have been killed by deer. So, uh, you know, it's not, it's not entirely out of, outside the realm of possibility that he could. It actually probably would have been funnier if instead of instead of getting shot. If they, it just like turned and like gored him with his antlers. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I believe that is where the episode just ends. Yeah, well, I think actually the one I I did want to uh, circle back to oh. good old Shane because there was one other thing I don't think we mentioned about actually I guess Shane and Andrea, which is Shane kind of reveals that he is planning on piecing out because yes. he's getting his his new wheels, he's getting his new car all ready to go, which I thought it was kind of funny too because he's like, okay, uh, we can't give people guns until we've trained you and how to use them. But then he's also like, okay, I'm going to leave. So I'm not going to actually help any train anyone. So y'all are fucked. Yeah. And it's also like super annoying because like everyone <laughs> is trying to do stuff for the group, like scavenge and then look for Sophia. And this dumb fucker is like just working on his own side project. Like, yeah. And, and it's literally, <laughs> literally, literally all because it all goes back to the same thing that we've been talking about mm-hmm. the entire first season. Because his only motivation, <laughs> Shane's only motivation in this universe is apparently like getting to Lori's pants. Yes, and now it's he's, to lick her stomach. That's lick her stomach, <laughs> and now he's come to the you know he's kind of he's kind of made made his peace with the fact that she's not going to leave him for his uh, or for her her husband who's not actually dead. So he's like, oh, I'm just going to leave. 
So yeah. that's that's Shane in a nutshell. <laughs> that won't be awkward to explain at all. Yeah. Why Shane just suddenly left. Yeah, and then Andrea's like, take me with you. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I don't think so, lady. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny, too. Yeah, it's funny, too, because she's like, he was telling her, I don't think you should have a gun because you don't know how to shoot. And then he's, she's, like, trying to convince him to take her with him by yeah. saying, yeah, put a gun in my hand and I'll watch your back. And I'm yeah. like, uh, I, I don't think this guy tr- – I don't think that's a good selling point. I don't think that's the compelling argument you think it is because this guy exactly. is, doesn't even think you should have a gun. So, Right? And if you're like tr- – I hate to say it, but like – well, I don't hate to say it. But there's a, there is something said to power in numbers. I think you've yeah. got a better chance of survival if you <laughs> – you know yeah now granted if i had to spend more than a few days with andrea i'd prefer just being alone and maybe dying alone but whatever so is there anything else we want to talk about with any of the characters or have we we kind of uh exhausted all of the uh character beats we wanted to kind of touch on i think we have i just want i think the big takeaway from this episode is that the radiator hose clamp is always a flathead it's always a flathead. That's always true. Flathead. That's, that's the one thing I learned from this episode. So keep that so. flathead around. You might need it. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> if if nothing else, this episode has taught me, uh, you know, how to how to replace a radiator hose. So it's not a complete loss. Exactly. Hasn't taught me anything about directions. Ah, uh, yeah. It hasn't, <laughs> hasn't taught me anything about surviving in the woods. Correct. Yeah. Other than I guess you can let kids just try to like wander their way back to camp, and yeah. they'll be fine. Do we want to move on to our next section then and talk a little bit about the dead? Yeah. Cool. Well, I, I think we've actually already kind of hit on kind of the, the big thing, which is the fact that this is the first time we do see a herd and we do kind of get an idea of what their behavior is like. It's also the first time I guess someone actually uses that term, which I believe comes up in the in future episodes. But someone actually yeah. you know calls them a herd, which is very accurate as the characters comment on. Now, I did, I did actually want to mention a couple. So I was a little confused, though. Speaking of the dead, though, because they when they find all these cars that are, you know, I guess it looks like for some reason some people have, like, died in these cars. But, like, none of them have come back. And none of them, like, none of the people that died have, like, head wounds. So I guess that, that, that raises the question, does and I don't know if this has actually been established yet, but does does anyone who dies in this universe come back, or is it just if you get bitten? Do you want the real answer on that? Well, <laughs> has it been revealed yet, or are we um, waiting to find out? I don't believe it, that it's there. I don't believe that's been decided. Okay. Okay. As of right now, as far as yeah. I'm aware. Yeah. I just thought that was that was interesting because I actually I actually expected when Carl went into that truck and got those weapons out. Like, I actually expected that thing to actually come alive and, like, grab him. I was- 100% did as well. And, yeah, I, I agree. It was it was kind of strange, right? Because same, same as these where it's like, I didn't think anybody was, like, you know, executed, you know, anything like that. But So there's that. I, I'm, I'm assuming at some point they'll establish the rules and we'll come back and decide whether that's, like, seems like it's a fly in the logic or not. But. I thought yeah. that was kind of interesting. And, God, the only other thing, do you have any other things, anything else to talk about with uh, the dead? Because I only have one other stupid note. Oh, boy. I don't think I do. I like stupid notes, though. Yeah, this is a, this is a pretty dumb one, even for me. <gasps> <laughs> because I just wanted to note that one of the walkers on the highway 
It's played by an actor named Jeremy Ambler. Hmm. That's all I have. I just thought it's funny that a walker is played by someone named Ambler. I was, yeah. Which, I was, uh, yeah. Know. I like that a lot. <laughs> so That's I thought cool. that was funny. That is good. I like it. Yeah. It's a great note. That's all I got. I, I think he actually played a walker in a couple episodes, but I was, I was oh. kind of disappointed to see that they didn't just keep bringing him back. So, um, yeah. Now, I will Lee say Walker. that that actor uh, is is apparently credited in a film that we've actually talked about on our other podcast because it's, it has a bunch of characters or a bunch of actors from a, a bunch of classic zombie movies. But apparently he is going to be in Night of the Living Dead Genesis. So, Oh, wow. no, actually, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I take that back. I take that back. Mm. Oh, no, no, we haven't talked about this one before. But uh, yeah, that that's another one that's going to have a bunch of uh, a bunch of character actors from other zombie movies. Yeah, so that's all I have for the dead, other than repeating that 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 scene where they carve the one up to see if it has uh, any <sighs> any Sophia in its stomach is is pretty gross. So it's so so that's, gross. Uh, kudos to Greg Nicotero for the for the effects work on that. Cool. Well, you know, there are a lot of characters in peril in this episode. Actually, I guess you would argue with those that heard coming through. Technically, all the characters are in peril in this episode. So maybe it's a good time to talk about if we were in The Walking Dead, who would we save or sacrifice? This is a little section. We Basically, this is our like favorite and least favorite characters of the episode. But we kind of frame it as like, if we if given the opportunity, who, who would we save from the the horde of the walking dead and uh who would we just go ahead and sacrifice so i don't know renee do you want to you want to go first i so this one was a little bit tough because you know there was just a not a whole lot of certain characters and just you know little 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 things and i was very annoyed at dale for not being a good quality lookout (laughs) i yeah i personally would have fired him and assigned him into a different role but I really appreciated what he did, where he kind of bought a little more time to keep looking. Um, I thought it was like a nice, uh, you know, moment of human, one of those fleeting moments of humanity in The Walking Dead. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I know technically Sophia is missing, so she... <laughs> well, you, you, can, you, know, you can still, I mean, we, we, we're not, we don't necessarily say we would save people who have who would yeah. die in this episode so it could yeah, be anyone kind of one of those things like i'm just gonna live and let live on that one so yeah i think i'm gonna be saving shane i'm not sure wait Jesus. you're so good surprise oh my god i've been drinking or something mm. jesus um i am going to save dale Okay, Dale's a good one. I, I actually, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to a character that I th- think was kind of given a given short shrift in this episode because he was actually like there are a lot of characters that do stupid things in this episode, but I gotta say, even though he hasn't died and you know maybe he's gonna get better, but I would definitely save T Dog because yeah he's uh, he's still one of my favorite characters and. Uh, I guess, you know, I mean, technically I should say I saved Sophia because I think, uh, I don't think we even really talked a whole lot about Carol, which we probably should have, but it's probably because, you know, she's, uh, she's definitely like very, very distraught in this episode, but I do actually really appreciate Melissa McBride's performance. Yeah. But I think it's just, we kind of, kind of probably passed over her because she's, you know, like I said, it's just, she's very distraught. 
But mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. I'd say I say T Dog for this one because solid. yeah, I I hope that he gets more screen time in future episodes. I solid. I like it. I like it a lot. Good good choice. Yeah. On the flip side, I gotta say, once again, all of this could have been avoided if yeah. someone had just been a little bit smarter yeah. and uh, maybe maybe thought through the situation a little bit better. So for the first time ever, I think. Yeah. I'm actually gonna. I'm actually gonna say I'm gonna sacrifice Rick for being such a dumbass in this episode. Yeah, I I'm gonna agree with you there. It's like, <laughs> and I I can't even say Shane because like at yeah. least Shane like did a few things. Like he repaired a car, so it's that's true. cool. He showed leaving. some value. <laughs> yeah. So um, God, fucking Rick, man. And he just, you know. You don't always have to be that guy who's like, hold on, everyone. I'll save the day. It's like, yeah. shut up, Rick. Anyway. Yeah. So Rick's a sacrifice for me. He's a dumbass in this episode. And, yeah, uh, yeah he got, uh, I guess, technically, he got Sophia lost and he got his son shot in the same episode. So 100%. He's got, a, he's got a good track record here. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's get, let's go on to our final section then. And uh, give our rantings and rankings here. This is where we just kind of sum up our, our, our thoughts on the episode as a whole. And then we uh, we slap a ranking on it. So we got to rank everything here. So I don't know. What, you want to go first? <laughs> it's like I feel like I have to preface it like a compliment sandwich. It wasn't the worst episode. It wasn't the best episode. It was not a great, for me, not a great season opener. I'm giving it a two. Okay. Yeah, I thought about going into like the 1.5, but I'm just going to give it, I'm going to give it a solid two. Yeah, I mean, I, man, it's actually funny. I think I'm going to be the generous one in this episode. (gasps) I mean, despite the fact that I have a lot of trouble with some of the plot points, and I think there's a lot of lazy writing, Mm -hmm. I think I actually do appreciate some of the character moments. I kind of, you know, it's just nice to kind of see these characters again. It's nice that, uh, you know, they're kind of continuing some of the some of the plot lines that were kind of set up in the last season and kind of continuing some of those character relationships. So yeah, I was actually really torn on this because it was only like a couple of things that I hated. Those things were like obviously very integral to the plot, but then there was right. also I don't know, I, I still I still think that this is a very like strong cast and I think that mm-hmm. I like a lot of the characters. So I think I think my my final rating on this oh man, I, I struggled with this I think I'm actually going to give this one a three hmm. and that's probably being like very generous. Maybe it's because I kind of know that after this, like after Frank Darabont departs, I think the, if I, if memory serves correctly, the, the whole kind of series does kind of decline in quality a little bit. So I'm going to give it a three. Yeah. We didn't even say what we were rating this out of, but this is out of five <gasps> and yeah, I I forgot. We usually have like a a funny. We rate it out of yeah. five, something different each time. So I think we're rated out of out of uh, out of disassembled gun parts that we have to put together <laughs> desperately before that Walker gets into the bathroom. So I'm gonna give it. Yeah, I'm gonna give it three gun parts. I guess if you gave it two, that's that's a total of five. So maybe we can get that gun put back together and and kill this Walker. But uh, yeah, yeah, definitely not the strongest episode. Like you said, it's actually not the worst episode. I think there's. There's still that one episode of season one that uh, is, is still my least uh. favorite. But um, oddly enough, though, still, uh, you know, t- bottom two episodes for me now, both co-written by Mr. Kirkman. So I think the I think the other one was actually written solely by him. So, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Kind of a uh, mm-hmm. kind of interesting trend there. 
watching you, Kirkman. I always have to wonder on this. Like, I don't know. Like, I guess he was already working on, like, reworking this episode. So I, I guess Frank Darabont was pretty involved in this one. But I do have to wonder if they went back and, like, made any changes after he left. So Interesting. Well, I think that about wraps it up for season two, episode one, What Lies Ahead. Hopefully you enjoyed this coverage and uh, hopefully enjoy us talking about The Walking Dead because we have a lot more coming up. Now, we actually didn't even, I think we I think we totally avoided mentioning this because we're actually recording these kind of early. So we kind of forgot that we're making a change. We are making a change in this season because we realize that we have so much Walking Dead to talk about, but we also have a lot of other shows we want to get to. So starting with this episode, we're actually going to go bi-weekly. So every single week, you can hear two episodes of season two, and we're going to be releasing them on Tuesdays and Fridays. So yeah, get a double dose if you like what you hear wow. here. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? So What a treat. What, what a treat. treat. <laughs> what a treat. It's, it's <laughs> twice the content for... The same price you were paying before, <laughs> which is absolutely nothing. You know, everyone's downsizing. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, inflation is through the roof. Everyone's complaining about paying more money for groceries and cars and all that stuff. This this podcast, the the value is only going up here. So we hope you enjoy that. That's our gift <laughs> to you. So, yeah, obviously we left Carl in this episode. He's shot. He's gut shot, which I've heard is the worst kind of shot. Mm. So I guess uh, our next episode, I think there's going to be some bloodletting because uh, that's the name of the episode. Join us in actually join us in a couple days. I don't know if this one's going to be on a Tuesday or Friday. So either join us next Tuesday or next Friday, depending on when this one aired. But uh, join us then for season two, episode two of The Walking Dead bloodletting. And we'll see you then. Goodbye.